Hey everybody, on this episode I'm going to be calling our friend Sam Soholt. Over the years, Sam has built some really cool mobile hunting camps. You guys may remember the public land bus, and more recently he's built the public land van. Like us here at THP, him and his brother do a ton of traveling to hunt, and the mobile hunting rigs that they've built definitely make life a little bit easier for them when they're on the road. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are also travel hunters or interested in building some sort of mobile camping rig. So I figured I'd have Sam on and we could just have a conversation about all the different options to help make yourself a little bit more comfortable when you're traveling and hunting. So as you guys know, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. And that's why we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild is a free social media community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and a whole lot more. So, if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. To get started, visit DownloadGoWild.com. We also have a really awesome deal from our friends at Exodus. If you've been on the fence about buying one of their cameras, they have a special campaign just for you. To celebrate their seven year anniversary, they're providing special savings on the Exodus Render, Render SP18 bundle, SP18, and Exodus gear. For the next 300 Exodus renders that are sold, you can save 20% off per camera. Just use the code YEAR7 at checkout. The code will also lock in savings site-wide on all camera bundles and Exodus gear. The Exodus render is their Verizon 4G LTE camera and provides some of the fastest transmission times in the entire industry. They're also user-friendly, and if you're not familiar with the warranty that Exodus has, it's a five-year theft and damage coverage, and they have awesome customer service. So but now is the time to experience the Exodus render. Over the last seven years, Exodus has consistently shown that they build quality products that flat out work, and they're very excited to announce a new limited product offering for archery hunters. But you'll have to sign up for the Exodus newsletter to learn the details. So head to their website at exodusoutdoorgear.com and give the Exodus guys some support. You can also check the description of this podcast and I'll have those codes and links down there as well. And also, as you guys probably know, we shoot bear archery at THP. And if you guys have any interest in getting a new bow this off season, you can save 10% off of all bear equipment if you use our code THP10. All right, let's get Sam on the line and start talking about what it takes to create the best mobile hunting camp. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you just moved. Yeah, in the process of moving. So don't uh, don't ever close on a house at the end of March um, and then renovate the whole thing during tur- turkey season. Yeah, you've been busy doing that. Holy shit. That's all <laughs> it's been. <laughs> Have you got the hunt yeah. much? Uh, not nearly enough. I mean, I've, you know, killed, killed a bird in Montana, killed a bird in South Dakota, uh, did a mentor hunt down in Nebraska. Um, but like all the days where I was like, okay, I could, I could go like this morning. Well, then it would like rain, whatever, four inches. And I'd be like, all right, I'll go next week. And then we'd have like three beautiful days where I couldn't go. And then I was like, okay, I'll, this weekend will be a good stretch and be like, 
whatever, four, 35 <laughs> degrees and snowing. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just keep working on house stuff. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I had about this absolute slowest turkey season that I've had probably since really? like before Midwest White, before I worked at Midwest Whitetail, I'd say. Yeah. 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 It was like I hunted, you know, still quite a few places, but it kind of felt like that season when you're like, it felt like before I was doing any traveling and I was hunting one state and it was just a year with like low bird numbers and not yeah. a lot of gobbling everywhere I went. And it was just yeah. like, and I, and, and I know some of those areas are good that we were at. Like, for example, even hunting in Ohio, we found a ton of sign. They just yeah. were not gobbling. I mean, we'd go day in and day out and just not hear anything. And it, I mean, you know how that is. It's like, it kind of well, makes I you, do. it kind of makes you honestly be like, okay, I guess like I'm ready to be, move on to the next thing. If, if they're not gobbling, I mean, hell, I don't really want to be out here anymore. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> Yeah, it's almost it's not it's almost not worth waking up in the morning for it if yeah. you're you know you're not gonna run into any at least even have like that phantom gobble like way out there like oh okay at least there's one in that area yeah no well and then yeah. this past nine days I was hunting Colorado and I mean it's the same deal it's like I thought that we'd be hitting it good especially when we first got there it's like first place we pull off we hear birds gobble and then. I would say after the first couple days, it just continued to get like slower and slower to where by the last day, which I just hunted um, Sunday, it was my dad and I, we heard birds gobble in the morning for, uh, you know, on the limb for about 30 minutes and then that's it. And then we did, we did spot one and he's just pecking, you know, he's like not even... I call it, I call it, I call it this is pecking season. I know it's one of my favorites. Is he pecking or is he strutting? Yeah. If he's he's strutting, if he's full strut, we're on. But if he's pecking, boy, (laughs) we might as well stay at home. But yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to go to Wisconsin and hunt with Jake and his girlfriend and Ted and Hayden are all going to be there. And then Whitney's coming with me. So that should be fun. When are you heading there? Pretty soon? Friday. Yep. Yeah, hunt the last Sweet. four days of season, and then yeah, and then that's it for me. I'm done with it. I, yeah, yeah, not gonna go barreling into June, like go to Michigan or anything. <laughs> Dude, last year, you know, last year I did it, and it it kind of did the same thing. That's been what's happening to me all season, where it's like it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth because Keith, uh, I filmed Keith shoot one in Maine, and my girlfriend Whitney yeah. was there. That was cool, but past that, it was, like, just total pecking. Like, nothing was even gobbling. Yeah. Um, yeah. All a bunch of jakes with, you know, j- big groups of jakes and toms together. And if you were going to get one, yeah. it was going to be a stalk, which I also like doing that, but I don't know. I don't know. It just, yeah. there's a certain point to me where it's like, yeah, let's do something different. That's, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. you know, I love turkey hunting just as much as anybody. It's just, it's just, uh, I think also kind of pacing it out at this point and in my life too especially when things aren't going well you know it's like sometimes it's okay to just pump the brakes a little bit say hey let's regroup and then when it is good the next time whether that be in deer season and elk season or turkey season again and then you you know pedal to the metal but it's just been right it just hadn't been the season yeah but yeah that's how it goes yeah yeah so yeah 
You've moved. Where'd you move to? Moved. Different state or uh, just, just different part of the state? Town. What's that? <laughs> just across. Town. Yeah. So <clears throat> we were living, we were renting a townhouse and, uh, and bought a place uh, to turn in. Well, so it bought a place that's ours, like that's our primary residence, but my wife is going to start doing travel occupational therapy. And nice. so we're going to list it up on Airbnb. So I get to go back to my nomadic lifestyle. I get to introduce nice. Ash to a nomadic lifestyle. And if anybody, anybody listening to this, I don't know if you're going to put this on there, but if anybody listening to this needs this place to stay in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, we've got you, we've got you covered. We got an Airbnb in North Fargo. So we'll put a link to Sam's Airbnb <laughs> now in yes. the podcast. <laughs> This is the first advertisement. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's sweet. I, I really, so I really like that idea. I think that Airbnb thing is, especially with as much as guys like you and I are on the move, I, I think it's such a great way to have a place when you need it, but also, you yep. know, just have a place for somebody else when they need it, I guess. I, it, it, right. Yeah, I mean, because because original the original plan was we'd always plan on buying a place and turning it into an Airbnb or actually just turning it into some sort of a rental. But the plan was to buy a place. Ash was going to start traveling, and then uh, we were going to just rent out a room or two to help cover the mortgage because uh, we we're going to be gone and whatever they can watch the place. But then we found out that we could put it up on short term rentals, VRBO, Airbnb, all that stuff. Uh, and I liked the thought of that a lot better because. You know, let's say there's a project that needs to be done in the house and we can just block the dates off and do the project and then start listing it again. And not, we don't have to like be like, hey, John, like we're, you know, we're whatever, ripping the whole deck off this week. Like we need you. You can only use the front door. So. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, I've been more and more interested in that as well. It's I mean, it's something at some point in my life I'd like to do, but. Um, yeah, but I guess my whole idea for this podcast is really I've been, as you know, more and more interested personally in just like building some sort of like hunting yep. camp, you know, and I'm yep. always intrigued with all the different opportunities out there. And like over the last, I guess, probably four or five years, I've been interested in so many different things, but I finally settled on what I think works for me. But um you know, one of the people that got me interested in building some sort of mobile camp is you because of the bus, the van. And I remember yep. the very first time that I ever got in that bus, I was like, dude, holy shit, this thing's sweet. <laughs> you know, like it's just totally, totally awesome. And there's so many cool parts about it that um, make you feel comfortable when you're camping. So I guess yep. what... I guess for people listening, tell them like what, whatever got you interested in doing something like that in the first place, because obviously everybody's got hunting camp experiences, but what made you interested in building something like that? So the, the idea for the vehicle itself, uh, stemmed from Josh, uh, my older brother wanted to use like potentially use a, a, a bus for like a marketing tool for his business, yep. you know, and we, we had, him and his business partner and I had kind of talked and joked around about like, oh, it'd be like the ultimate, you know, turkey like tour vehicle because, you know, you could throw some cots in the back and drive around and kill turkeys. And that's kind of where it started. Well, then it like just every time I saw a school bus, I just envisioned like having like this rolling like little lodge in there, you know, and then, of course, with the 
you know, the onset of like Pinterest and all these like Instagram and all this school, like travel life nomads stuff. And like, you you can see all these, all these other people out there who had done builds and uh, most of them are way beyond anything I would ever want to build. But like, I was for like, kind of planted the seed very early on and just like continue to grow in my mind, like what you could turn a bus into. And I could just, I could never figure out, I could never figure out how to like make that work financially. <laughs> um, because like, okay, you know, you build a hunting rig and then you travel around and you film, you know, you shoot hunts out of it or whatever. But, um, it wasn't until like, it was like perfect timing with the whole public land issue stuff like that got me all fired up about like helping protect that. I was like, Oh, I could, I could, I could collide these two passions, like passion for protecting public lands and this passion for creating my rolling hunting shack. And so, um, yeah, I just bought a school bus and dove in <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I think part of it also stemmed from the years leading up to owning a school bus. I was spending somewhere between 75 and a hundred nights in some form of a tent, whether that be a wall tent or a, you know, tent that I backpack in or a big truck camping tent or whatever I was, it was 75 to a hundred nights in the woods somewhere in a tent. And and then my brother had a camper and I remember staying in the camper and going, man, you can hunt so much harder after you knowing that you have a hard sided place to sleep and a way to cook a really good meal when you get back to camp and a place to hang stuff up to dry, like, and not a new concept, right? Like, you know, but, but like, but I, when you don't know and when you're used to the the tent life and yeah. all of a sudden you have this like little glimpse of luxury, you're like, oh, wait, I'm missing out on yeah. some things. It's good. totally next level. And so, you know, like, uh, you know, I'd say a, a decent part of like the motivation to build the bus was like, oh, man, like to be able to like because I was traveling all the time and I was like, well, just to be able to like, oh, I'm driving and it's 1 a.m. and I'm tired. I can just pull to the side of the road and walk to the back and climb into a queen bed and go to sleep for like three, four hours and then walk to the front, turn the bus on and keep driving like that in itself was a major, major upgrade. So, um, and maybe it's just me getting older, you know, and like, I'm not as you know young and energetic as I once was, but I know, I know that I hunt harder. Uh, even if I have to walk twice as far every day, I know I hunt harder knowing that I have a comfortable place to go lay my head down and cook and, you know, all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sweet, man. I mean, for me, it was, I guess, you know, when I first started doing the travel thing, I was always, my my, my last vehicle was the Dodge Caliber. You remember that old, mm -hmm. old beast? And, like, it was that with you know, enough water to get by and a backpacking tent. And I would just pop that thing yep. out every night. And like, I think if you're somebody listening to this and you're just interested in getting out and going, the bare minimum is like water, something to cook, you know, some sort of meal, something pretty basic, um, like some sort of protein. Water, jar, peanut butter, and a small tent. That's right. I mean, seriously. And, you know, we did that for, you know, some solid what three or four years i guess and mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with doing that at all and i think that you know i'm a big believer in getting out and doing it and just starting with something basic like that and then you start to learn 
what you want that's different than what you have, right? And I think for me, I started seeing the bus. I started seeing my buddy Colin's van. I saw your, you and Josh's van. And I was like, yeah, like all these things are so sweet. And there's just this ability to, like you said, come back and sleep in something comfortable. And I went back and forth, man. I went from thinking I was going to buy a van to thinking I was going to buy a um, trailer, like a trailer and then convert it. And then I went to thinking I was going to just skip the conversion and do just do a camper and like modify that to my needs. But then I kind of went back to somewhere in between this like tent or, you know, what I was already doing and a camper. And I bought, I bought a rooftop tent, hard sided aluminum rooftop tent. Greatest thing that I've ever done. Like for me, (laughs) for me, it ultimately ended up being, that ended up being perfect for me because the downside that I saw to like a camper, which was what I was leaning to to most, I would say, uh, by the end of the the decision making, was I can't just drive and scout. You know, like yep. if I got a trailer, I'm always tied to that trailer, and if I park it somewhere and I end up driving two hours to j- go listen for turkeys or you know look for deer or whatever, next thing I know, I got to go the two hours back or whatever to get that right. and then move. It just yep. could be more of a hassle. But with this with this setup, man, I can pop it up, put it down in like two seconds, and like game changer, game yeah. changer. <laughs> And you, and you see, you notice it more now, like there's a lot of people that are going to that style. So you, whether it's a rooftop tent like you have, or like, uh, I don't, I don't know if you remember that go fast camper that Ben O'Brien had rented Turkey camp where basically you have a camper shell, but then the top pops up, Mm -hmm. um, into like a sleeping quarters above. Um, but there's just so many, there's so many new companies that are making really cool stuff or people building stuff. Like my buddy, Chris Ellis, he's a, um, older older than me by quite a bit kind of been my mentor so his son uh is i think early 20s and he had a f-150 and he built a cat like a um, a cab over a camper for his truck and then he uh got the wild hair he'd seen like our van and the bus and he sold his truck with the custom cab over camper and he bought a short bus and he's currently like redoing that so like it's it's been you know, like obviously since I'm in it so deep, it's been fun to see like I, the algorithms on all the social media. Like I get to see all that stuff. Oh yeah. Well, and it's, <laughs> um, it's, so it's been fun to see what people come up with. Yeah. And it's crazy too, to see the difference in interest based off where you are in the country, right? Like being in Colorado, I can just drive down the road here in the city and just see like 20 examples in 15 minutes you know it's like oh right. that thing looks pretty sweet that looks a little too big that looks like you know it'd be too much work and then you get out on public yep. land and there's all kinds of stuff i mean i saw at least two buses while i was driving around turkey hunting the last nine days and yep. you know tons of different examples of camper anything from campers to tents but when you get to see all those different camp setups it really can help open your eyes to what the options are out there and and again all this being said like at the end of the day a tent or like do like what uh warb and like dave owens does a lot of just sleep in the bed of the truck like at the end of the day you can get away with all that stuff but what are some of the main things that you feel like you've done that have made it more (coughs) comfortable for you um what are some of the main 
I guess, changes from like the 10 days, obviously comfortable sleep, but what are some of the other things? Yeah. Um, uh, source of hot water. So in the bus, I ended up using a rechargeable battery powered, uh, hot water heater. Uh, Mr. Heater makes it, um, and like they're pretty sweet. Like, so it brings the water temp up, uh, depending on what model you get, it's like 30 or 40 degrees over whatever you're pumping out of. Um, but then I quickly figured out that I had a five gallon jug that the pump fit in and I would just recirculate the water into itself and warm it up. And then I could take like a super hot shower, um, or wash dishes or, you know, do all those things. So like having some sort of hot water heater option, hot water option, uh, was a big deal. And then, um, a heater. So like in the bus, I had that propane fireplace heater, um, which about steam you out, but it <laughs> it was pretty nice, you know, like for when it did get cold, you, I would, I'd always wake up, you know, I think, I think I did it when you guys were in the bus too, but I, I would, uh, I'd get up like an hour or hour and a half before everyone actually needed to get up and I did it in deer camp all the time. And then I had this tiny little fan, get up, turn that heater on and then turn the fan on to circulate the air. And then by the time everybody else's alarm went off, like the, everything's nice and warm and everyone's getting out of bed, like putting clothes on in a warm like location like that. I think that makes a big difference. And then we haven't installed it yet, but we have a heater for the van, um, that actually runs off the, it, it connects to the gas tank. And so it can run, runs off the fumes of the gas tank. And so you don't have to like carry an extra tank or whatever. And then you can just like, there's a little thermostat on that, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that is. Sweet. So, um, yeah, just having, having a way to stay warm without running a wood stove or whatever is, 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 man it's a lot more motivating in the morning yeah this is making me sound like i'm real soft but i I promise i I promise i can be tough and hardcore when i need to be but there's is when it's nicer to wake up and go oh you know it's a little chilly i'll just turn that on and then i you know loosen up the shoulders and get going well and it's i mean it's all situational right it's like obviously if you're signing up to go on a backpack hunt like you're just yep. you know that those are different conditions totally different situation and um yeah it's not to say that you can't handle that it's just when you can you, you get to a point i think where you're like man i, I love doing this i'm gonna keep doing this i love traveling to hunt what can i do to make it a little bit more comfortable and like one thing one thing that always comes to mind and it's so simple that i see other hunters doing it's like the whole like case of water thing. It's like, I don't want to carry around a case of plastic bottles. Like for one, I hate using plastic bottles because they're crunchy. They're loud. They're just another yep. thing you got to throw away. I bought, originally I bought two of those like five gallon uh, blue jugs that you can yep. buy them. I mean, you can buy them at Walmart in the camping section or any outdoor store for that matter in the camping section. And... I was using two of them and that was working pretty good. And like pronghorn hunting is when it really opened my eyes of like, we need more. <laughs> it was yeah. like, you go and you get hot <laughs> and you're drinking a ton of water. So now I have, I think I have five of them now. And yeah. <laughs> just having water to me is like a huge, huge game changer. And it sounds so silly, but like just making sure that you have enough to get you by yep. and, you know, one question that I would have for myself 
before I was doing that though. It's like, okay, you get out there and you have, you do have two, maybe you only have room for two. It's like, where do you fill them up? It's like, I've done anything from the back of a gas station spigot to, you know, paying 10 bucks at a campground to fill them up or five bucks for that matter. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've knocked on a door and said, Hey, can you let us fill up our water real quick? You know, like, and that, that yeah. to me has been a huge whatever, game Whatever changer. works, you know? Yeah. What do you, and yeah. you have, you guys got some pretty sweet cooler and like, you even have a freezer and at least the bus, oh, right? Yeah. Now that, that for, for real is a game changer. So, yeah. um, use it in the bus now have it in the van, but Dometic makes 12 volt fridge freezers. Uh, and the one I have is a 75 quart. So it has two zones and, um, in the, I didn't have it. I didn't hardwire in a 12 volt, like a cigarette lighter plug in, in the, bus because i had a uh, uh what are just a plug-in right next to it and so i would just plug into that but in the van we i wired in a cigarette lighter so the solar charges the lithium battery and then the have a 12 volt cigarette lighter off that and that fridge freezer so you, rather than having to worry about ice or anything and i love yeti coolers i'll continue to use yeti you know like the real nice yeti coolers and actually they work really well together because what I've done now is uh, like, so let's say I kill a deer, Josh kills a deer or whatever, like day two of a seven day trip. So we can debone it and we can throw it in the Yeti on ice if we have it, or we can throw it right in the uh, Dometic. But what we did the um, last year was I'd kill the deer, recorded it out, and then started just rotating quarters in and out of the freezer. And so we would have had everything on ice and then we'd pull one out and freeze it down overnight not to overload the freezer, but then that'd be like basically hard frozen in a single night. And then you put that back in the cooler on ice and then that just stays frozen for the rest of the, you know, rest of the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's sweet. And then <clears throat> being able to have a true like 75 quarts of space that you can keep things cold without having to take up any space with ice is, uh, it's, it's amazing. And they draw so little power. Really? Like, I don't, I don't know how they do it, but it, it does not take much for that condenser to run and keep stuff really cold. Hmm. So yep. would you say that you've done pretty much everything that you've done in the bus in the van, just on a smaller scale? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Almost like, honestly, literally about the exact same. Like, yeah, <laughs> we don't have any, we don't have any like plumbing, you know, no running water set up in it. Um, just try to keep it minimal because, you know, we do hunt in cold spots. So like don't, didn't want to deal with frozen pipes and all that stuff. So yeah, it's basically just a smaller version of the bus. Mm-hmm. What, which one do you prefer at this point? The, uh, the van, um, it, it's a, it's a toss up because the van is easier in almost every way. <laughs> um, you can go wherever you want. It, you can drive the speed limit. It has heat and AC, it has cruise control, uh, like, and, and you still have like the living quarters. The one thing it doesn't have is the space. So like when, you know, like you guys stayed with me in it for like that whole turkey season, mm-hmm. you know, we had five or six guys sleeping in the bus all the time. And, um, obviously you can't do that. And then just being able to like stand vertically in the vehicle itself and whether you're changing or working on whatever, like it's just nice to be able to like be fully upright and you can't do that in the van. Now you can, you can, there's workarounds with that. If you would install like a pop top on it, like or a, a roof or whatever they call it. Yeah. Pop top. 
but we looked into that and there's a couple companies that do it and it's crazy expensive like it's uh like for that chevy express it would be like eleven thousand twelve thousand dollars just to have the top pop up and we're like right, we'll just kind of uh crunch down yeah. <laughs> get out and then you know we have the the wall tent that we put up next to it so we can you know as soon as you're out of the van you can be standing and you know fire up the wood stove and whatever and you know or as last spring when i was turkey hunting my dad and i were staying in the van and there's like a little divider in the middle so you each have like your own little sleeping c- cubby and we woke up one morning and it was you know it's like whatever 3 30 in the morning and uh i woke up and started moving out and he goes fire torpedo one <laughs> you know because it's like you're coming out of this like little sleeping cubby tube oh i lost it you know it's like way too early for a joke like that but it was just perfect <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious do you guys travel around with that same it's the same wall tent that you had on the bus yep. right so yep, same wall tent yeah and then uh we changed that had uh montana canvas so zippers all the way um in the in the middle of the tent like basically from the floor all the way up and so we can roll that up and then have the the van doors open up to the side into the sidewall of the tent that's pretty sweet and that's something yeah. you kind of designed on your own isn't it yep yeah so when i was building the bus i like <laughs> i was like halfway through the build and i was like this isn't enough room like this like I was just thinking of like the number of people that I'm going to be hunting with, the amount of gear like that everyone has. I was like, this is not going to work. Like, and uh, so I was like, okay, I wonder if I could do an awning and then I could figure out like sidewalls to put on or whatever. So I was trying to like research it and nobody really made anything like that at the time. And so in my head, I just envisioned like, okay, if you took like a wall tent and basically cut it in the middle like that, like, so you have a flat wall in the back and then the rest of it looks like a plain wall tent. I was like, that would work. I could make it X size and whatever. So I built the frame out of just conduit and conduit joints. And then uh, Montana Canvas sent me the fabric. And I found, I found this guy in a small town, a canvas shop. And uh, I'm going to do the, his voice just because it was so funny when I talked. But uh, I walked into him and he's like, whoa, what do you, what do you got for me here? <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of like laid out the whole thing and like he continued to talk that way until we like left. And then I went back in to pick it up and uh, I was like, well, how'd it go? And he's like, well, my uncle, he's like, my cousin came over and helped me put it on. And he said it looked pretty good. I must have screwed something up. (laughs) Okay, thanks, man. That's hilarious. Did a great job. So we got, got, uh, yeah, 10 another 200 square feet of living space um which as you guys saw like it's just nice to be able to like okay you're sleeping in the bus and you might be working in the bus a little bit but like everything else is outside Mm -hmm. like all the gear is set up tables you know just yeah you have the best tip just keeping this in your mind i've heard you say it many a times and i'm actually surprised you haven't said it yet you're not building it to live in the bus to live out of the bus or out of the van or out of the truck. So yep. you have the stuff to, to survive within that mobile camp, but then outside of it is where you're actually taking, you're using most of your time. And I mean, really, you think right. about any old camp, yeah. even if it's just, um, let's say you just have a big, you know, four-person tent, for example, 
you know, ideally you're not hanging out inside that tent all day. You know, maybe if it's raining, yeah, you're sitting in there, maybe you'd set up a small table or something and play cards or something. That's like, that's what I think of when I think of what we did, uh, like me and my dad and his buddies when we were doing that, you know, group camp. It's like, ideally, we're all just hanging out outside and, you know, standing around, right. talking, yeah. hanging out, whatever. It's like you're not necessarily trying to live in it. You're using it as a tool to continue to live outside, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you want it to be nice enough to where if the weather is crappy, like it's okay and comfortable to like hang out in. But yeah, that's, um, yeah, the goal is to do more of the activity that you built that vehicle to use it to do. Like, you know, like there's, uh, you know, I, I look at some of the, the van builds and stuff and it's like that Sprinter van's $190,000. It's like you could just buy a house and rent it out and then use that cash flow to go, go do all the things you actually want to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, instead of like, I guess I'll, I guess I'll hang out in the van and shower. Like, I mean, I paid for it. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. I mean, it is crazy when you start looking at all the options. And I mean, really, at the end of the day, to me, like, if you're, if you're just getting started in this, it's like, the basics like what are some of the basics i guess maybe mm -hmm. that's something that we should have covered earlier but hey we're getting to it it's like oh we'll do it now we'll tarantino it we what can are, start with the beginning stuff now <laughs> what do you th what do you think are some basics is i think i have some things in my head and i mean um but i'd be curious to think or hear your opinion too and i'll, I'll toss in some of the things that i use maybe that are different even yeah well i think i think it's where everybody should start because I mean, again, like the ultimate goal is just to be doing the activity that you're going to do. Um, and that could like, be, and like, that could be hunting or that could just be hiking or just camping right. in general, whatever it may be, or yeah. rock climbing. There's so many different, uh, ways that like having a mobile camp can get you outdoors too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, some of the basics, like I would say sleeping bag, sleeping pad, um, cause that like that's you know a no-brainer and then i mean honestly like a jug of water and something to cook with whether it be a jet boil or a small camp stove you know you can camp chef or whoever makes you know very affordable camp stoves for cooking um i mean and then i mean not much more than that like a backpack yeah it's, <laughs> it really it really isn't much i mean my my um time spent doing more hunting and less like cooking so that's one thing that always gets in my way i'm not a big cooker i don't like to personally take a bunch of time out of my day to cook something so um i always enjoy having somebody around that does like that because it's just like all right y'all <laughs> take over i'm gonna just do something else you know but like uh but really open my eyes to efficient eating is just having something to boil water, like a jet boil, or, I mean, there's tons of different, um, like little propane boilers or whatever, mm. having that and then having a freeze dried meal. I mean, it's not yeah. ideal. It's not what everybody likes to eat, but it's something warm. It's, you can, nowadays they got so many damn options. It's like, you're going to find something that you like. And then, yeah. and it's, 
I'm glad you brought that up because I actually have been meaning to, because I know you like to eat freeze-dried meals when you're in the field. Um, some friends of mine in Montana have a company, a freeze-dried meal company, and it is so far beyond next level. Like, even they say, like, we don't really have a competitor because nobody's doing what we're doing. And it it is a real meal in a bag. Mm. So I'll have to, I'll, I'll get you some so you can try them. But it, yeah. it's the company's called Gastronome. Gastronome. Yeah. Gastronome. Yeah. Out of Bozeman. And it's, yeah, you'll never, you'll probably never go back to anything else. Well, and I, it really is just like, you know, an efficiency thing. And I think there's so many um, little things. If you're spending a bunch of time doing those things that next thing you know, you're not getting enough sleep because you're focusing too much on, oh, I cooked all this big meal and now I've got to clean all the dishes and now I got to do this and now I got to put it away and then tomorrow I'm going to get it all back at. And it's just, it's just time yeah. consuming, especially when you like to hunt as, you know, hardcore as, as many of us do when we're on a trip. It's like, man, that's a lot of time spent. So that really has opened my eyes to um, efficiency even even when I'm you know at truck camping and then um, water obviously I've mentioned that something to sleep on and anything to sleep on I mean dude you know we've done the tent thing like we've slept in the back of the truck we've slept in cots in the tent we've um, slept in cots in the back of the truck in the back of the truck too um, but something that you know you feel that you, you can get at least a decent night, night's rest in. It doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate to get started, you know, having that ba- basic um, setup. But uh, what else is there? So sleep, food, water. Um, shelter. Shelter, yeah. Which yep. if you have some sort of tent or even, I mean, like in my truck, you could if you were if you were just a few inches shorter than me, if you were in a five foot seven range, you could probably sleep in the back seat of my truck. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. it's like <laughs> there's there's definitely yep. uh, tons of options for that. But um, yeah, it doesn't have to be anything real fancy. And I think just getting out there and going. And I think this is one thing that I would tell people. And actually, um, Dylan, who is an intern of ours, I don't know if you ever met Dylan or not. I don't, I don't think, think so. You did. But Dylan was, was we, we were together in Colorado here hunting turkeys, and he was like, man, he's like, things really changed for me when you said to me one day, a lot of people don't realize that you can just get in your car and just go somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's hilarious, but it's, it's so true. Like, if you want to go somewhere, all you got to actually do is just go. And like, you know, yeah. especially when you're dealing with public lands that, you know, you can camp on and, um, you know, if you have a hobby that you're chasing by doing that, it's like, if you want to go fishing, for example, and you know, you want to go to fly fishing out West, it's just like, find some public land, find a river that you want to go to and just go do it. If you want to go hunting, just go do it and like, go get some experience doing it. And like, you can do it across the country. That's the thing. I mean, we've been doing it now, turkey hunting for years and it's just, and deer hunting for that matter, but it's just yep. the act of actually getting out and committing the time. And, you know, if you're realistic with like how far you're going, you know, five hours 
isn't really that much. If you think about like, okay, I get work done with work on Friday at five. I got all my stuff packed up. I'm going to hit the road at five o'clock on Friday, get there at 10, go to sleep, wake up the next morning, hunt all day Saturday, hunt all day Sunday till, I mean, even if you go, even if you go till five o'clock again, you're still back home at 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to take some work on the front end and the back end, like Thursday, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, you're probably gonna have to be packing to go to the trip, you know, Monday night and Tuesday night, you're probably gonna have to be unpacking, but there's a whole lot you can do within five hours of your house on a Saturday and Sunday. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, uh, one just like tip that I wanted to tell people, and I, I get this from people who are seasoned campers, like, they're like, oh, we wanted to go here, but the campsites, all the reservations fill up so fast. So I, people need to understand that you don't need to stay at the campsite in order to camp. Yep. Like if it is federally managed land, you know, obviously there's different rules for all the lands, but if it's national forest, national grassland, um, anything typically green or yellow on the map, if it's, you know, Bureau of Land Management, like you can just pull off and camp. Mm-hmm. You don't need, you know, to go check in with the camp host and, and, and uh, pay your little you fee or whatever. Yeah, pay your fee. Like you can, you can park almost anywhere on public land, like as long as it's a designated road or whatever, pull off and uh, primitive camp. So that's just one tip for people just getting into it. Like don't be, don't let camp res- campsite reservations be a barrier to entry for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's similar to, I found in like Colorado or recreation is, is really popular, right? So there's always people mm-hmm. out camping and hiking and and it's a complaint i'm sure for tons of people that live here especially especially as us us people that aren't native come moving in but (laughs) me (laughs) but but it's like uh there's all these complaints about people and places to go and it's like if you use the same tactics that you do for finding an unpressured hunting spot, it's the same deal where it's like, yeah, if you drive straight down the main road out of town going into public land, it's like, yeah, there's probably gonna be a lot of people, but if you can find some back road and, um, you know, look at kind of off the wall ideas, you're generally going to find some places that there aren't people. And it's, I'm always amazed even in, in Colorado, honestly, how, you know, you hear so many folks gripe about, how many people are out on a weekend, but it's like, man, there's still so much opportunity. There's so many places. I mean, we were hunting on Saturday and Sunday this past weekend. We were hunting a turkey that we kept finding us tracks on the road that nobody was driving down. You could just pull off and um, camp anywhere like what we're saying. You could just, same same deal there. And that turkey's just cutting. We cut his tracks every day on that road. It's just like, yeah. It's just crazy. You guys weren't even turkey hunting, really. You were like mountain lion and hunting, basically four turkeys. You're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> driving roads, cutting tracks, and, and yeah. then following them down. <laughs> it's yeah. It was yeah. Total pecking season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I I think that um, you know really to some if you if you're trying to take it to a next level, then like to try to um get kind of away from that just real basic setup where you're in a camp or I'm sorry, a tent camp. To me, there's some really good options out there now for, um, you know, something like a tent on top of your vehicle like I've got or, you know, some sort of, you know, DIY build. What are some other options that you think of? 
I mean, there's always like, you know, a high top camper shell like goes a long way, like just having that hard sided deal and then like building in your own storage, like Hayden built in his own storage. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I both have the deck system um, in our trucks like that. That stuff goes a long way, you know, because you can throw a cot on top of that if you have a bed long enough or whatever. And um, It doesn't take a whole lot to like really like bump up your comfort level, you know, and then going beyond that, you're looking at like we've been talking about, like, you know, whether it be a rooftop tent or, um, there's a, there's a plethora of like off-road trailer companies now, but you know, if you're willing to like build your own, um, you can do some pretty cool stuff, you know, and even like, I don't know, I don't know if you growing up, I remember constantly seeing like the back half of a pickup turned into a trailer. And I'm surprised that I haven't seen more of this done, but you could turn that into like a pretty sweet off-road trailer. Um, you know, and you build like corner posts on it, put the rooftop tent on top of there, and then you could still pull a four wheeler in or use it for storage and put big tires on it and the whole thing. And, um, yeah, I think the DIY route is, um, maybe not the simplest, but definitely the most fun. Cause you can literally make it exactly what you need for your style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, yeah, but I mean, and then obviously beyond that is there's campers and earth roamers and i mean there's the, the number of different vehicles is endless you guys have a little a little trailer on the back that you pull on the back of that van nowadays don't you we do yeah we we uh got lucky and um got a loaner from it's not ours we don't get uh. to keep it uh, it's way too yeah um but no there's a company called turtleback trailers out of arizona and they make like honestly like some of the most badass off-road trailers it's like everything that goes into a camper in a tiny shell that you can pull like it's a fully articulating hitch so it goes up and down left and right and then twists as well and then you have um independent rear suspension on the trailer with shock system whatever so when you're pulling down the road even if you hit a bump with you know the van or then the trailer like you don't even feel the trailer um and then it's got a rooftop tent and the whole thing cracks open for storage. And then there's a 20 gallon water tank and a hot water heater. And then the kitchen slides out the back. So you've got a sink and a burner stove and like all in one little tiny, you know, it's like, I think it's like 1400 pounds or something like that. That's it's, crazy. Uh, it's sweet. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it hilarious to think about how much things have evolved and, and changed for, you know, the lightweight like mobile rig compared to when you know like when i was a kid we had a pop-up camper Mm -hmm. they're sweet and looking back on that i you know it kind of came to mind when i was thinking about different options of how to make a little bit myself a little bit more comfortable and efficient but um it's just it's just crazy so many options and then i feel like i feel like then when when covid became a thing and everybody had to go back you know to sitting in their house all the time or go outdoors it's just like that interest in that just exploded to the point where it's like i can't Mm -hmm. even believe how many people have like i blend in so well with a rooftop tent in colorado because it's just like everybody's got one (laughs) you know Mm. it's it's (laughs) absurd (laughs) and it's like at one point in my life i was like i was like what even is that thing and that wasn't that long ago. Now it's like everybody's got one. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, um, like the bus driving around the Midwest or Great Plains or even like when we, you know down to Tennessee and stuff where we took it. Like mm-hmm. the bus is a novelty, you know. And people like 
everyone's looking at the, you know, like what the, you know, <laughs> but like if I pull the bus into Bozeman, Montana, everybody's just like, whatever. Uh, it's just another one. Yeah. Like pulling to, you know, I like camped in the Walmart parking lot one night in Bozeman. Cause I, I don't know why I just slept there. Cause I was meeting some guys the next morning. So I pulled in and slept there and it was like, I was like with a tribe. It was like, it was like me and the, me and the 73 other people that had either a built out van or bus. <laughs> It's just like, hey, welcome to Walmart camp, everybody. I'm here. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. And I mean, I think it's super cool. And, and, um, you know, if it gets people outdoors and, you know, gives them something to be excited about, I think that's that's cool in itself. But what what other plans you got coming on or coming up for the future here? Um, so this, this summer, like typically we would go to a bunch of events, um, and sell merch and, um, we, we opted to not do that this summer. It was kind of, kind of got lucky. We had, we had decided not to do it before gas prices skyrocketed. Um, and then yeah. we did the calculations after gas prices skyrocketed. It was like hardly even worth, um, traveling that far in a bus or van to like sell merch cause we'd just not come out ahead. So, um, we're going to be doing quite a bit more like just general recreation this summer, which I'm super jacked about. So I'm going to do as more, way more fishing than I have in years and a lot of hiking. Um, and then, but getting into season this fall, um, it should be a good one. going to try to do antelope. Um, I actually don't, not going to do elk this year, uh, but I have six, maybe seven deer tags, which I feel take up my time. So where do you got some deer? Where are you excited about going deer hunting? Uh, so I'm going to do an early season whitetail camp with Alex Comstock in North Dakota. Sweet. Cause he, he always comes out every year and hunts North Dakota. And now that I'm a resident, um, it, he's like, Hey man, you want to, you want to go? I was like, yeah, that'd be, I would love to, I'd love to go try to kill a velvet buck. So we're going to do that. And then, um, I'll chase mule deer if I don't kill a whitetail in North Dakota. Um, I put in for a rifle tag in North Dakota. We'll see if I draw, um, doing the alternate list in Montana and then I'll try, um, got a deer tag in South Dakota and then we've got black tailed tags for, um, Alaska. No kidding. So, yep. So we're going to go, Josh and I are going up with a group of guys. Uh, we'll live on a boat in Larson Bay, uh, which I'm excited about cause that was the last location that i filmed in was larson bay on kodiak island and so we're going back up there and living on a boat so we can throw crab pots and fish and then when we're not deer hunting and then we'll hunt blacktails with rifles um the rest of the time so have you done that before yeah. have you personally ever hunted up there no i've well i've never no we went moose hunting last year and blanked <laughs> um but i've never done the blacktail trip um i've been with guys i was filming bear hunts and some guys shot blacktail and then got to eat them and they're delicious mm-hmm. and um the the read the area that we're going i'm super excited about because i had filmed all over kodiak uh on bear hunts but that particular like area of the island it seemed like the the deer numbers were and i don't I mean this was almost well, I guess it was almost 10 years ago now. So we'll see what the populations are now. But it, uh, when I was there, that whole area was just awesome. Um, and I got to be part of a few different deer, um, getting killed and helping drag them out and whatever. So I'm, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Awesome. Yeah. I, I am going for, I'm hoping to get a Montana pronghorn tag this year. That could be exciting. That's something yep. that I put in for. And then, and then, uh, I was just, um, laughing 
when I put this sticker, I had a bunch of stickers lying around and I had this sticker on my, um, on my desk here and I put it on there and I thought, you know what? Go hunt the place everybody goes to get their hopes up to get a tag that they don't end up getting because I didn't get the Wyoming tag that I thought I was gonna get based off <laughs> based off of reading reading the go hunt odds. So a little plug there. <laughs> uh, well, that, yeah, didn't that didn't that happen to Warb too? He oh, put yeah. in for a unit. Oh, and yeah, it, and it just happened like... with a bunch of buddies of mine, like me, Ted, Grant. Um. And then Warb, a couple of Warb's cousins, Greg, I don't think, I think Greg put in for one that he didn't have a good chance for, but it was like four of us that had hundred percent odds, you know, that said we were going to get these tags and then we didn't get them. So I kind of messed up that because <laughs> I didn't have a backup plan. Well, which, well, well. Uh, see, I think what happens there and it, I mean, you can, yeah, I mean, you might as well blame Go Hunt, but <laughs> I was going <laughs> to uh, what I was gonna, <laughs> what I was gonna say is sometimes like there's units that typically in like in the past were 100% draw odds with yeah. a certain number of points, right? And then whatever happens, whether it be scaling back of tags based on population, or if another publication put out that this, let's say Eastman's, for instance, they have their NRS, NRS, I don't know, whatever their uh, consumer um, like research area is in their in their magazine. Like if they decide that a unit is a good unit based on numbers and all that stuff and they say, oh, unit 7A in whatever state is a great beer unit, elk unit or whatever, well, then 50% more people apply yeah. or what, you know, whatever it is. Well, so, and it's, it, here, here's really what it is, is I like to blame someone, but really the only blame that I have is myself and I, I should have had a backup plan. I mean, I, I put, the problem was I put in for a rifle tag here for Colorado thinking uh, that oh I'll certainly hunt them archery season in Wyoming yeah. well lesson well, learned was, uh, lesson learned day, have a backup uh, so I think it's, it's typically in June or July you could throw your name on the alternate list for a Montana general tag or whatever I mean there's there's other options you can you know I don't know if there's leftovers anywhere else right now but yeah I mean like I said, it's not the end of the world. I mean, I'll 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 still end up going. I mean, I know my dad's gonna have a tag, and Grant Grant oh. Grant's a resident out here now too. I don't know if you ever met Grant either, but uh, if I did, it was briefly at you know in passing at one of the shows or sure. something. Yeah, but yeah, he just yeah. he he just moved out here too. So that's somebody Sweet. else for me to you know run around with out here, and he's he's a. Uh, He's got, had some. He's been building points here before he was even a resident, so that was kind of sweet. Yeah. So he should, yeah. he should draw a tag, you know, depending. But yeah, really, yeah. regardless, um, messed that up, and I learned my lesson. But I, <laughs> with that being said, too, I'm hoping to, um, I'm hoping to hunt um, Oklahoma this year. Is one that I keep coming back to. I haven't made any final yeah. decisions, but I'm really, really interested yeah. in Oklahoma. I just you know it's one of those places that kind of open country and you know i like that so i do yeah uh, it's one of the, yeah it's definitely a state that i would love to get to at some point too it just uh all of a sudden the season's filled up with with uh dates and locations and yeah it's like, and, well i guess maybe i'll do that next year yeah and especially <laughs> when you're hunting with somebody a lot throughout the season like <clears throat> like your brother and just any buddies along the way it's you know next thing you know you're like oh dang man like 
we got a lot of tags. You know, it's like one person <laughs> wants to hunt this state and you're like, oh yeah, that should fit in easily. And like last year, we also learned our lesson where we bought a whole bunch of tags thinking, oh, no problem. You know, we're going to fill these. And then it ended up working out so many times last year that we would go on a trip and be there for like five days. And you need more time, generally speaking, like seven to 10. And about 10 starts to get to where if you stay that long, you probably at least need to go home for a little bit and take a break because mentally you can start getting pretty strung out. But you definitely need, in my opinion, well, you don't need. I shouldn't say you need. Ideally, you have seven to 10 days, but we yeah. just kept doing it. And, and where we strung ourselves out was we had so many tags that we did like, you know, five days here. And then, oh, we got to go back over here. And we did five days over here. And then we did five days over here. And it just, man, it did not work out. Because <laughs> like every time yeah. we'd be getting kind of the pieces <clears throat> put together, boom, we'd have to take off and leave. Yeah. But oh, well. Josh always says, Josh with you know, typically you roll into, into camp like on a midday or whatever, right? And you set up camp. <clears throat> and Joshua always says, he's like, first day and a half, that first evening and the first full day is when you're the most deadly. And then <clears throat> you're still, you know, you, you're still a good hunter the rest of the days, but you don't start getting super deadly again until like day seven. Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> that first day and a half, you're typically going into new areas where the deer or, or whatever isn't used to you being there and so that's one of your best chances and then it's you need that time to like to whether it be patterning or figuring out the landscape or whatever to really be deadly again and that's why you know again like i i kept watching josh like oh you need four years to learn an area and i just i was like ah that doesn't make any sense and then as i started hunting spots with him and worked my, you know it, or my, on my own it really does like you're one you're kind of just scratching the surface. Year two, you're opening it up further. Year three, you're starting to figure out what it's actually going on. And then year four, you just start knocking, like notching tags. Uh -huh. Yeah. And it's, it's so. when, when I feel like when you're on a trip too, I agree with that, like day, you know, get back to day seven. Cause it seems like for us, it's like for us, a lot of times the progression goes, you get there, you spend a day, maybe day and a half or two days, even driving around. And then, yep. you know, day three and four, you start really, you know, getting in there, putting your boots on the ground, starting to learn, scout things, you know, day four, five, six, you start kind of, you know, seeing some stuff play out. And then day seven, give or take is generally when it starts playing <laughs> out. And it's, it's, it's funny yep. how that always works out like that, but yep. cool. Yep. All right, man. Well, Hey, I know you got to get going. So I appreciate you I taking some time to talk. It's been fun. And hopefully... Hopefully yep. we get to bump yep. into each other sooner than later. If you're ever in Colorado, we need. We, yeah, I know. We uh, I should be back out there this summer at some point. We'll we'll get together. Um, but either way, we need to figure out a way to plan a hunt together again because I it's been you know spring of nineteen was too long ago. Well, I think. Well, did we? No, we were we were we crossed well, paths in antelope camp for like a day. Well, and then um, we turkey hunted Montana some together last year or in yeah. the same camp. But yeah, it wasn't yeah. enough. Not enough. Yeah. Ever enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, All thanks right. for taking the time. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Good luck the rest of the spring. Thanks, man. See ya. See ya.